Hey guys, it's Tim and this is Wrestling Unlimited as it's Monday and this is the Wrestling Wrap-Up. A handful of news brought to you in one easy-to-watch video. Now as far as today's show does go, we're going to break down and do a review of NXT Battleground because I finally watched that show. I watched three quarters of it last night and then I watched the two final matches, the men's and women's title matches, the main events this morning. We're going to talk about one former NXT superstar getting a movie made about her. We're going to give you all the news and notes from last night's AEW media scrum. Who won the best of the Super Juniors? A possible return tonight on Raw and more. Because again, this is the wrestling wrap-up. Every Monday and Friday morning right here, either live or later on YouTube or on Twitch. Twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited. And remember, you can watch or listen to this show a number of different ways. Whether that's live on Twitch, live or later on YouTube or later on podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. Remember, if you are watching live on Twitch, you can help us out a couple of different ways. You can help us out by hitting that donate button down below or by donating Twitch bits in the live chat. Also, remember, you can help us out by subscribing to the channel one of two different ways. You can either subscribe with a tiered subscription or you can subscribe with Amazon Prime because remember, if you have Amazon Prime, then you have Prime Gaming. Prime Gaming gives you a lot of cool things like free games, free stuff for games, and they always give you one free subscription to any Twitch channel you want to subscribe to. Do so right here for Wrestling Unlimited. Also remember, head over to YouTube and become a channel member by hitting that join button down below. And finally, head over to the Epic Game Store. Head over to the Epic Game Store and buy something. Whether you're buying a new game, whether you're buying an old game, whether you're claiming the free game, which is Fallout New Vegas Ultimate Edition, or getting bucks for Rocket League, Fortnite, or Fall Guys, use this code right here, PWUnlimited, at checkout, and you will be supporting us at no extra cost. Again, trying to get into Star Wars Jedi Survivor, and you're going to buy it on the Epic Game Store, put in the code. Put in the code, P-W-U-N-L-I-M-I-T-E-D. Trying to get those... WWE Fallout or Fall Guys skins before they go away. It's Mankind, Bianca Belair, Rey Mysterio, and the Macho Man Randy Savage. Well, again, when you do so, use this code. It doesn't cost you anything extra other than the 10, 20 seconds to type it in. But with that, we've got a lot to talk about, like a review of NXT Battleground. Last night was NXT Battleground from Lowell, Massachusetts. And to be completely honest, if I'm going to just say what I thought was the best overall show of the weekend, whether that's WWE, whether that is, well, WWE's main roster, whether that is AEW or NXT, I think as a whole, from start to finish, NXT was the solid, the most solid show. I thought NXT was good throughout the entire thing. So... The big thing going into this show was we're basically in Carmelo Hayes' hometown, kind of. He's from Boston. They're in Lowell. They're not far away. So they kept doing the hometown boy, the home state boy, whatever, whatever. Now, I know there was like a 30-minute preview on Peacock. Didn't watch any of that. Didn't watch any of that. Just went straight into the show that opened up with the NXT North American Championship. It was Wes Lee defending against Joe Gacy and Tyler Bate. And boy... Was this good? This was a great match to open up the show. Get the fans going. Man, was this good. Um, 
the story going into this match is that, you know, Wesley and Tyler Bate, I wouldn't call them friends. Maybe, maybe not. But the story is that they were on good terms, I guess you could say it, friendly. And Joe Gacy kept trying to break a wedge or, or cause a wedge, rift, whatever you want to say, between them. And the rift did continue last night, early on in this match, actually. As the rift continues, as Bate and Lee engaged in some fisticuffs early on, allowing Gacy to strike with a dive through the ropes as they were fighting on the outside. The pace then quickened, and the action intensified with a flurry of spots. Bate did an impressive spot where he gives Lee a giant swing while simultaneously giving Gacy an airplane spin. Like, come on. Claudio ain't doing that one. Claudio ain't doing, got a guy on his shoulders and a swing at the same time. Fucking Tyler Bate is a monster. Moments later, Gacy executes a slow drop on Bate while at the same time giving Lee a Uranagi slam. Gacy ate separate, uh, eight separate times catches both, or at, Gacy at separate times caught both Bate and Lee in a crossface, but the hold is broken up by the other. Lee fired up to deliver a double car- uh, double karatic kick. And he gets a little close. Doesn't really get a near fall off of it. There's a great sequence where Lee applied a sleeper on Gacy. Gacy then countered the sleeper by ramming Lee into the turnbuckle. Gacy goes for the cover, but Bate breaks it up with a corkscrew swanton. Bate then delivered a, tiger- a Tyler Driver 97, but Lee breaks up the pin and gets a near fall from the broken pin on Gacy. Great sequence here. There's a spot where that uh, there was a contrived spot that had Gacy perched on the top rope, and Gacy apparently avoided Lee's attack. Lee then sails outside with a flip dive and wipes out Bate. He did the Montez Ford spot, basically. So he's got Joe Gacy on the top rope. He's trying to do something, I don't know what, and Gacy kind of like pushes him off or whatever. Then Wesley goes, screw this. And he runs, and you think he's going to maybe run and jump on the top rope and try to do something with Gacy. But instead, he just kind of shifts himself to the side of Gacy, who's still sitting on the top rope. And he does a flip dive over the ropes to the outside on to Tyler Bate. This was a really cool spot. Back in the ring, Gacy executes a Yurinagi slam and sets a first finish. Lee counters by executing his own finish. There's a, a karate kick by Lee. He covers Gacy to win the match and retain the North American Championship. Wesley is on a roll. They're doing great things with Les- Wesley. He's a huge baby face for the brand. Uh, every time I see Wesley, the, the first thought that I think of is, man, this guy's hot. But where would he have been if Zachary Wentz never got fired? Would he just be a fledgling tag guy? Would they be the top tag team? Would they be in the hunt as a tag team. What would Wesley's trajectory be and look like in NXT if he was still in a tag team? That's the big question. Would he be a champion? A singles champion to boot? I don't know. But I love everything they're doing with him. The super charismatic, everyone loves him baby face, going out there, putting on great matches, Banger after banger, just they—they've found something in Wesley, and hopefully it doesn't stop anytime soon. So next up 
the NXT Heritage Cup is on the line as Noam Dar defends against uh, Dragon Lee with, well, British Rounds rules. If you don't know what British Rounds rules are, let's tell you. So British Rounds rules is a six-round match. Each round is three minutes. After those three minutes, each competitor goes back to their corner and gets 20 seconds to rest, kind of recuperate. Now, if a pinfall or a submission occur in any of the rounds, boom, it just ends the round there, no matter how far into the round it is. But if for some reason there is a disqualification or a complete knockout, that just ends the, t- ends the match altogether. Two out of three falls is how you win this match. You have to get two falls. First to two falls wins. If you get to the end of round six and there's no clear winner, whoever has the most falls wins the match. So if one person has one and one person has zero, the one wins. If it's a tie, one in one by round six, tie goes to the champ, champ retains the belt or the, the trophy, the cup, whatever you want to call it. So the match starts out and Dragon Lee has Nathan Frazier in his corner. Noam Dar comes out with nobody. Round one was mostly grappling on the mat. And Dar powders and flees the ring as the round is winding down. Now, Dar doing this in the past, being in British rounds matches in the past, fighting for the Heritage Cup, played to his advantage early on because Dragon Lee kept forgetting about the time. Dragon Lee kept forgetting about the clock. And he would be going for stuff, doing stuff, and the referee would go, Stop! Time is up, round's over. Like in the first round, he went to go for a dive on Noam Dar to the outside, but the ref stops him before he can actually do the dive because the round ended. And this, I think, happened in one or two other rounds as well, where he's going for something and the ref had to stop him. But between rounds one and two, Oro Mensa would run down to ringside to be the corner man for Noam Dar. Mensa was recruited to be a second in a skit on the pre-show that I did not see, but at least they told us about it on the main card. So Dragon Lee in the next round was gaining some momentum, going, 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 and gets a roll-up, or gets rolled up by Dar for a pinfall with about one minute and 30 seconds left in the second round. So about halfway through the second round, Noam Dar goes up 1-0. Dragon Lee was making a rally late in the third round, and he's got Dar kind of like up against the ropes, and he's punching them and hitting them, and the ref gets in the way. Round's over, round's over. And soon as the ref does that, Noam Dar then, boom, back elbows Dragon Lee right in the face. And the ref's yelling at him, hey, the round was over. He's like, I didn't hear the ding. I didn't hear it. I didn't know. I'm sorry. And so Vic goes, oh, okay, I guess the referee's going to leave this one up to referee's discretion. And the referee is going to give him a pass here. And I go, should he? Because they're like, if this if this is what it should be, it should be a DQ. Noam Dar loses because he attacked after the bell at the end of the round. This should be a DQ. But instead, the ref gives him a warning and says, we'll let it slide. But the ref ends up looking like a jackalope here, like a dum-dum. Because the ref literally got in between the two and said, the round's over, stop. Very loudly to where we caught him. So we can we hear it on the camera. And he just gives Noam Dar the pass here. I wasn't a big fan of that. But Dragon Lee's kind of down from the elbow. Kind of whatever. 
not really able to catch himself here. And Noam Dar's like, screw the 20 seconds. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. He's down. I need to go. I need to go. And the round starts, and Dar works over Dragon Lee. Dragon Lee then fights back as he applies a Texas Cloverleaf. Mensa cheats, though, and pushes the ropes just a little closer to Noam Dar so he can get for the rope break. Ref sees this. And just gives Noro Mensa a warning. Like, hey, you can't do that. Get out of Get out No. I'm like, what? Who paid off this goddamn ref? This then leads to Frazier coming to the aid of Wesley. Taking out um, Oro Mensa. And Oro Mensa, though, gets the better of it. And Frazier crashes into the steps. Dragon Lee tries to score. As he does a tilt-a-whirl plancha. And Lee covers Dar for the pinfall. Bringing it all even, one-to-one. One. The cornermen are also looking to get even as well. Frazier jumps to Mensa as they brawl, and the referee says, well, you guys aren't doing your job. Just get out of here. You guys are both kicked out. Go. Now they're sent to the back. Now there's no cornermen. No one let the other know what's going on, basically. So we're one and one as we go into round five. No seconds. Dragon Lee takes an ugly bump off the apron. This looked bad. This looked really bad. So I forgot to mention earlier, he did a spot where Noam Dar, pretend I'm Noam Dar on the apron. My microphone stands the ropes, right? Right, right, right. My arm, the arm here is the top rope. I'm Noam Dar. Well, Dragon Lee runs at Noam Dar, jumps over the top rope, grabs him from the neck with his legs, Hurricane Rana off the, off the apron. This was an awesome spot. Great spot. Well, he tries to do it again in round five, but instead, Noam Dar has it spotted, tries to grab him for a power bomb, but can't really hold him. They both fall off the apron. It looks like Noam Dar, or um, Dragon Lee, maybe cracks the back of his head on the, the side of the rope, the ring, the apron, the skirt, whatever you want to call it. Nasty look of spot, but Dragon Lee continued and was seemingly fine going forward. So, yeah, scary, scary, scary look of spot. Um, Dragon Lee recovers and he executes a last rides Liger bomb for a near fall, but can't really get it as they go to the end of round five. Jakar Jackson then suddenly runs in the ring to distract the referee, and this is when Lash Legend then hops to the barricade. And she smacks Dragon Lee across the back with the bucket. The one that the or that uh, Oral Mensa had brought out earlier. Dar then delivers his finisher and just pins Dragon Lee to win the match. Very shocked that Dragon Lee didn't win. But now it looks like Noam Dar is going to lead himself a little stable. With Oral, Oral Mensa, Jakara Jackson, and um, Lash Legend. Don't know where this is going, but cool. Something different. Something different. Different. We have, I think, more of them in a backstage interview later. Then we got what may have been, and I've seen others say this too, match of the weekend. As far as from anything, from anything, New Japan, NXT, main roster WWE, AEW. I think this last man standing match with Ilya Dragunov and Dijak may have been the best match of the weekend. These two beat the ever-loving dog piss out of each other, and it was fun to watch. It wasn't like anarchy in the arena, spots for spots, violence for violence. No, this was 
calculated, well-thought-out match for these two beat the ever-loving crap out of each other. It was a war. I loved it. So the match begins with them brawling around ringside. The ring steps are quickly utilized as a prop, which is a callback to an angle that set this whole thing up to start with. Jack also drags a table from under the ring, and Dragunov hurls himself through the table in order to knock down Drag- uh, Dijak. This is a cool-looking spot. Dragunov is also hurled under the ring steps, but he counters Dijak by giving him a DDT on the steps. Dragunov then picks up the steps and uses them as a weapon. Dragunov goes coast-to-coast with Van Terminator that sandwiches Dijak with the steps. They trade some chops and whatnot. You get some Ric Flair and Wahoo McDaniel vibes. Dijak takes a German suplex on the on his head and neck, but he rises like an angry monster and comes right back at it. Dijak bellows with a primal yell, and he guzzles Di- uh, uh, Dragunov. Dijak gives Dragunov a choke slam on the apron, which looks like that hurt like hell, and Dragunov barely breaks the 10 count and getting back in the ring and stopping the 10 count for the, what's it called, the um, last man standing. We then see a feast your eyes by Dijak and Dragunov is on rubbery legs, barely able to stand at this point. Dragunov falls into the corner, and in the middle, uh, falls into the corner, and the middle rope kind of keeps him up as he, like, grabs it to hold himself up. There's another primal scream by Dijak as he retrieves a kendo stick and just starts waylaying at Dragunov's midsection, just, ka-tow, 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 just beating the shit out of him. Dijak wants Dragunov to stay down, but Dragunov won't go down. Dijak then splinters the kendo stick with repeated strikes to Dragunov. Dijak then grabs a metal folding chair, and Dragunov fights back. But Dijak hits him with the chair, and Dragunov still wants to fight back. There's a comeback by Dragunov as he climbs atop the ring steps and uh, that are in the ring, and Dragunov leaps off the steps with a flying forearm and lands on Dijak, sandwiching him into the chair. Dijak could not answer the 10 count here, and Dragunov becomes the last Man standing. I liked this finish. It was basically, you know, Dijak's got the chair. Dragunov jumps off the ropes. Boom, forearms the chair into him. And there we go. So, yeah. Ilya Dragunov defeats Dijak in the last man standing match. This match was so good. This match was so much fun to watch. I enjoyed it. If you haven't seen this match, go watch it. Go watch it. Because this match was really, really good. Mackenzie Mitchell's backstage with Noam Dar, Lash Legend, Jakara Jackson, and Oro Mensa. They're celebrating Dar's big win, retaining the trophy. And yeah, it seems like a new faction is formed in NXT. We then get the announcement that on July 30th, NXT will be going to Cedar Park, Texas, right outside of Austin, for the Great American Bash. Now, there had been a rumor that this could have been just a special episode of NXT because the next week after this is NXT, that week's NXT is July 4th. It's a July 4th episode of NXT, and the thought was maybe, okay, well, to maybe hopefully get a good rating on July 4th, which is usually a down day for wrestling, do a special event on USA Network. But no, they're not, as far as we know. Great American Bash is going to be on July 30th. Maybe they still do something special on July 4th, but let's see where it goes. So next up, the NXT Tag Team Championships were on the line when Gallus, Mark Coffey, and Wolfgang with Joe Coffey defended against the Creed brothers, Brutus and Julius Creed with Ivy Nile. I thought this match was really good, but I didn't like the finish. The finish 
kind of hurt this match from being really, really good. I thought it was good, but not really good because of the finish. Because basically it was Ava comes down, she attacks Ivy, this distracts Julius, and then he just gets pinned. So, mm, it, it took away from the match, if I'm going to say, if, if I'm going to be honest. Because the match itself, the, the, the bulk of the match was good, just a bad finish. There's heat on Brutus early as Gallus worked him over. Julius cleans house after a hot tag. He gets a near fall with a standing shooting star. The Creeds go for a doomsday device, but Mark Coffey counters. There's a double team by Gallus as they team up on Julius. Brutus then makes the save with a flying cannonball. The Creeds rally as they psych each other up. Joe Coffey tries to interfere, but he tripped up Ivy Nile. Joe Coffey is then clotheslined out of the ring. Ava suddenly comes down to ringside and assaults Ivy Nile. Ava then sends Nile crashing into the ring post. This then distracts Julius long enough for Gallus to hit their finish. And Mark Coffey pins him to pick up the victory. So Gallus do retain the NXT, the NXT Tag Team Championships. Again, I thought it was a good match, but the finish really just made it okay. <clears throat> so next up, it was Tiffany Stratton versus Lyra Valkyra for the vacant NXT Women's Championship. I thought these two worked really well together. I thought these two did a good job in this match. They grappled early on, but the Tides turned to and Stratton targeted the injured leg of Valkyra. She worked over Valkyra's left knee, Stratton then goes on to pull off the knee brace, and Stratton keeps working the knee, which is wrapped in tape. Stratton applies a Moodle lock, further targeting the injured knee. Vakira then makes a comeback as she leaps off the top rope into a missile dropkick. Vakira is mounting a comeback, yet she continues to sell the knee. Uh, there were some awkward spots at one point towards the end, but they kind of got through it. There's a high cross by Vakira. Stratton rolls through it and lifts Vakira off the mat. Vakira sort of counters with a crucifix bomb and gets a near fall off of it. Vakira is then tripped up, and Stratton does a springboard into a corkscrew splash. They trade a few near falls to the home stretch at the end. Vakira blocks a handspring back elbow and gives some suplexes to Stratton. Vakira then tries to follow this up with her finish, which is a roundhouse kick, but her injured knee gives way, and she buckles. Stratton then capitalizes, going for her finishing sequence, the rollover fireman's carry into the PME, prettiest moonsault ever, and pins her become the champion. So there you go. Stratton wins the belt. And they, they made a point to be like, you know, Tiffany Stratton, she's had opportunities before for the NXT Women's Championship, but this is the first time it's been a one-on-one -on -one singles match for Tiffany Stratton. So there we go. Tiffany Stratton is your new NXT Women's Champion. So let me go on to our main event. Carmella Hayes defending the NXT Championship against Braun Breaker. This match was so good. I really like this match. So, as soon as the bell rings, Carmelo Hayes just explodes and goes after uh, Breaker. Hayes overwhelms Breaker with a flurry of offense. Hayes almost spiked himself doing a dive over the ropes to the floor, but Breaker luckily caught him. Breaker eventually cuts off Hayes, and Breaker begins to work over Hayes. Hayes fights back, and Hayes delivers a fadeaway leg drop. Hayes works the leg as he targets Breaker's knee, which, in some way, is kind of a callback to the previous match. Breaker, though, cuts off Hayes again. 
Breaker punishes Hayes with a series of suplexes. Breaker pauses at the point to taunt Hayes by doing some push-ups. There's a super Frankensteiner by Breaker for a near fall. Hayes then fights back as they trade some strikes, but Breaker dumps Hayes with another suplex. Hayes counters uh, Breaker, but Breaker, uh, Breaker can apply... Before Breaker can apply the Steiner recliner, Breaker goes for a vertical suplex, but countered by Hayes, and Hayes spikes Breaker with a DDT. He trades some punches, and Hayes goes in a flurry of offense, which leads him to a springboard into a Tato Santana forearm smash. Breaker will not stay down, though, and he taunts Hayes. They're trading punches again as Breaker goes for the guzzle. Breaker instead takes a code breaker, and Hayes climbs the turnbuckles. Hayes rolls through, and Breaker moves, away, moves out of the way, and then Breaker posts him. Hayes attempts his springboard forearm again, and Breaker spears him in midair for a great-looking near fall. Breaker then pulls down the straps of the singlet and starts tossing Hayes all around the ring. Hayes counters Breaker's military press into a small package for a close two. Hayes with a terrifica of super kicks, and then Hayes springboards into a DDT. Hayes follows up with a nothing-but-net-flying leg drop, and Hayes covers Breaker to retain the NXT Championship. So there we go. Carmelo Hayes is still the NXT Champion. And now the big question is, what is next for Braun Breaker? Braun Breaker, since coming to NXT, has always been in the mix for the title. And now that he's not the champion, now that he's lost his opportunity to regain the championship, what do they do next with Braun Breaker? That's going to be a tough one to think about. Does he stay in NXT and feud with somebody else and do other things? Or is it time to bring Oberon Breaker to the main roster? But with that, that is everything that did take place at NXT Battleground. Overall, I thought a very solid show. Now you know what I thought of the show. Now it's time to hear what you guys thought of last night's show. So let's go to the polls. Check them all out. Let's refresh all of those. Come on, come on, come on. Or as the Twitter poll does go, 100% liked it. Wow. Or as the YouTube community poll does go, 84% liked it, 10% thought it was just all right, and 6% did not like it. Or some of the comments here, this person goes, great show. The best moment was Tiffany becoming champion. Person says best show of the weekend. This person says I loved it. I thought it was the best pay per view of the weekend. And this person says start of it was good, then it kinder fell flat, and the second half wasn't. And they said wasn't a fan of the main event. Hmm, okay, to each their own. To each their own. As far as the YouTube, I didn't do a YouTube live poll. I thought I did. It must never have actually went. Nope, it never sent itself. That's fine. That's fine. We'll go to the Twitch poll then. That's odd, but okay. Um, as far as the Twitch poll does go, 100% like the show. That's good to see. Good to see. But with that, that was everything that did take place at NXT Battleground. Now, speaking of NXT, one former NXT wrestler that we really never saw a lot of in a movie made about her, which is very, very interesting as well, the New York Times is reporting. No, 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 the Times of India. I read that wrong. Just so used to seeing the and Times being New York Times. The Times of India is reporting that a movie is being planned on, on former NXT talent Kavita Devi. 
with the plans to make the film on a, quote, very grand stage. The producers noted that the project is currently in the writing stage, and once that is completed, they will decide on a shooting schedule as well as casting. Davida exited WWE in 2021, but later stated that she was not released and was working on a, quote, new arrangement with the company. Debbie worked the first May Young Classic in 2017 before being signed to an NXT contract in October of the same year. She was among the first ever Indian female talents to be signed by the company. She last wrestled for the company in July of 2019. So yeah, I want to make a movie on Kavita Devi. Apparently she's got a very interesting story before getting to WWE. I'm not too, you know, up on what that is, but super cool and super interesting. Now last night, was AEW Double or Nothing. And after the show, well, there was a media scrum. And there were some interesting things that were mentioned at that media scrum. And so we're going to read. Give me one second to pull this up. I want to give credit to Brian Rose of F4W Online. who did a great job curating a bunch of stuff from the actual um, media scrum press conference deal. So again, I want to give credit to Brian Rose as we read this from F4W Online. Brian Danielson, MJF, Tony Khan, and more spoke on a very uh, on various subjects following the conclusion of Sunday's AEW Double or Nothing. First, MJF. MJF mentioned that he felt the world title main eventing shows was a dead idea, saying that both WWE and AEW have had shows where the world title didn't headline. He also did make a, a reference going, plus, uh, I didn't want to roll around the ring in John Moxley's blood. I thought that was funny. Uh, when Forbidden Door was mentioned, F- MJF asked if he even had to wrestle on that show. Calling the promotion, quote, a fucking indie fed. And that their greatest legends couldn't tie his boots. He said, great Ocon, however, props him. After mentioning Triple H, WWE, and Nick Khan by name, MJF brought up that he was bored of wrestling, and when he means pro, re- and when he means pro wrestling, he means the entire industry, and then he may be done, go home, and fu- and quote, fuck up the lineage of this title. So he teased a couple of things. When his contract's up in 2024, maybe he just retires. Maybe he's done everything he needs to do, and he's done. He goes home, whatever, or. He's like, it's no fucking secret. Nick Khan wants me to work for his company and go to WWE. Triple H wants me there. And he starts doing this, and this clip gets thrown around on social media. Everyone goes, oh, my God, he pulled a CM Punk. He went off on a, on a tangent at the media scrum. And I go, no, look at Tony's reaction. When he said WWE, Tony goes, when he says Nick Khan, Tony goes, when it, when CM Punk went off on his thing, Tony didn't respond because Tony didn't know what Punk was doing. Tony didn't know where Punk was going with his remarks. And so he just let it be to see how it played out. Didn't play out well. This one, with Tony reacting, that's what led me to believe Tony knew this was coming. This was planned out for MJF to mention WWE. Out then came the new TBS champion, Chris Statlander. Dave Meltzer asked a question about her recovery. Statlander said that her six to eight month recovery went about as expected as it could have, but she had some self-doubt returning to the ring. 
when asked about going from 0 to 100 in terms of recovery and then winning a championship in her first night back. Statlander said that she wouldn't have done it if she didn't think she was ready and prepared. She said, at first, she had hoped that the knee injury was just a hyperextension. She said she cried when she learned that it was yet another ACL tear. So regarding a future match with Jade Cargill, Statlander said that she was up for it, and if Jade wanted to take some time off, well, that'd be fine too. Orange Cassidy then came out. Cassidy said that he really didn't take any pride in his reign. All he wanted to do was beat Pac. He didn't know what to do with the belt, so he just made it what he wanted it to be. Basically, he's like, I don't know how to be a champion. So I just went out there and had a bunch of matches with people. Which kind of makes sense. Because none of them ever really felt like big title matches. They just felt like, oh, Orange Cassidy's got another random match. So it happens to be he's a champion and the title's on the line. When asked about Forbidden Door, he did bring up Zack Sabre Jr. as a potential opponent, which was interesting. Someone asked if Cassidy considers himself one of the best wrestlers in the world. He said, no, not even close. Out came the new woman's champion, Tony Storm. When Storm was interim champion, uh, when Storm was interim, when Storm's interim title reign was brought up, she called the interim title bullshit. She said something like, yeah, that was bullshit, huh, Tony? About the whole being called interim. Dave Meltzer then asked if Mercedes Monet was someone she may be interested in teaming with or facing against. Storm said that she'd break her own Break her other knee. Wasn't sure if she was outcast material. Interesting one. <laughs> oh, then came Danielson. Danielson was asked about the death of UK promoter Brian Dixon. Danielson said he enjoyed his time working in the UK with him in 2003. He said that he is thankful AEW put Wheeler Yuta in the position that he was, saying that you wouldn't see something like this anywhere else. Now, if you don't know what he's talking about, Yuta got the pin last night. And not only did that, you'd have pinned Kenny Omega to win Anarchy in the arena. Nigel McGinnis is then brought up with Danielson being asked about all-in and if McGinnis would be a possible opponent. Danielson said that McGinnis should keep his mouth shut because McGinnis no longer has the physical ability to keep up with him. He doesn't have the same intensity he had back in 2006. When asked if Takeshita Takeshita as part of the Blackpool Combat Club, Danielson said he had no idea Takeshita would be there in the main event. Tony Khan then starts going and gets asked some questions. When asked about how all-in and all-out would work since they're a week apart, Khan says, those are great questions. And he couldn't answer them right now. Tony get a bunch of that. Can't answer it right now. Can't answer it right now. He did affirm that all-in will air live for everyone to watch, though. That's the first time they've actually confirmed that, to my knowledge. I mentioned last year, AEW was usually in the top or second position in the ratings and thinks that they have a chance of climbing back up to that this summer. One person asked the question, if CM Punk will appear on the first episode of Collision, Khan said, I can't answer that right now. Ryan Alvarez then asked about Khan, uh, Khan's thought process behind putting the Anarchy in the Arena match last. Khan mentioned that he puts a lot of thought in match order and brought up that he had to put Stadium Stampede match Last one time, so this ain't the first time the world title didn't go last. Regarding all-in ticket sales, Tony Khan did state that they're currently right around 65,000 tickets sold with a current gate number of around $8 million. During discussions on the Owen Hart Cup, 
Khan mentioned that Jushin Thunder Liger being a name that could appear was very, very interesting and says that he would be, he is optimistic on that happening, which again, very interesting because he was like, yeah, I'd love to bring Liger into Canada for one of these, you know, spots. Because remember, Liger and uh, Owen teamed together in Japan. When asked about a potential fan fest during Double or Nothing weekend, which I thought they already did, Tony Khan just goes, huh, I guess a partnership with UFC is out, right? But they basically did a fan fest. Oh, yeah, they called it a meet and greet, but it was basically a fan fest because they got to meet wrestlers. And then there was presentations of like the video game stuff and um, action figure stuff and whatnot. So they kind of did a fan fest already. I don't know what more fans would want because they've done it in the past too, a little fan fest stuff. So. I don't know. I don't know what this would really was. Goldberg's name was brought up at one point with Khan mentioning that he had spoken to Goldberg recently. However, he said that was not unusual as he has talked to him many times before because they have mutual friends. Khan said that he would be up for a second season of AW All Access, but he hasn't been told if they would be getting one or not. Khan was also asked about um, Collision and said that the idea for Collision came from Warner Brothers Discovery. They asked him if he was able to do another weekly show on the level of a Dynamite. So he's like, that's unprecedented. But it goes back to the old days of TNT and Warner Warner Brothers, and, you know, them wanting more wrestling in prime time. And now again, they want more wrestling in prime time. That was an interesting one that he said that, you know, it wasn't his idea to do Collision. They came to him relatively recently asking for another potential show in prime time. And then he also said the inclusion of collision could actually help rampage. And when asked how he didn't give an answer. So those are the main takeaways from last night's, um, AW media scrum. Now in keeping with AEW news during the world title match, some fans actually got a little worried about MJF. The finish included a tease of a heel turn from Jungle Boy Jack Perry as he teased like he was going to hit Darby Allen with a title, but he didn't. Allen hit the coffin, dropped Perry, and landed on the title. MJF capitalized. Now, there was a spot in the bout where MJF hit the blonde bombshell, a move made famous by the late Chris Candido. MJF landed on his forearm and sold that it may have been hurt, leading to concern of a legit injury. According to Mike Johnson of PW Insider, he did state that MJF's arm is banged up, but the belief is that he will be okay and he actually didn't break it with the expectation that he won't miss any in-ring time. And it's MJF we're talking about. So a man that rarely works can just take that time he needs for the arm to heal back up. So he did bang himself up, but he didn't fully injure himself, I guess you can say. If Vicious says Nigel is retired, how many wrestlers have come out of retirement? Uh, Brian Danielson for one. Edge. Soraya. So yeah, it could happen. Also this past weekend was the finals of the best of the Super Juniors. We got a winner. NJPW crowned the winner of the best of the Super Juniors 30 tournament in Tokyo. Master Watto actually defeated Teton in the tournament finals to capture the best of the Super Juniors for the first time in his career. Watto pinned Teton in a match that went 24 minutes and 48 seconds after hitting the rep. I'm going to butcher this name. Resimentment. Resimentment to score the victory. 
while the two were on opposite sides of tag matches during Watto's excursion in Mexico in 2008, or 2018 and 19. This was only the second time that they've ever met in, in a singles match. First one came last year in the best of the Super Juniors. Watto won that one as well. After his victory, Watto was confronted in the ring by IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion Hiromu Takahashi. Walt Watto will now be next in line for Hiromu's championship. And the date for the title defense has yet to be made official, but, and I haven't looked, it's expected to be on the Dominion card. And let me double check, because I know the Dominion card was announced. Pull on it for Dominion. Yes, Master Wato will challenge Hiromu Takahashi for the Junior Heavyweight Championship at Dominion on June 4th, which I believe is next Sunday. It is. Now, we're going to get into some WWE news. And these, I'm going to preface, could be spoilers for tonight's Monday Night Raw. One for sure, another possibly. So, we are going to put the spoiler image up. Let me bingo, bongo, bango. Just in case these are actual spoilers, one is maybe, one is yes. First one has to do with the possible return of an injured WWE superstar tonight on Raw. According to Mike Johnson over at PW Insider, he does write the following. Tommaso Ciampa is in Albany, New York today, ahead of tonight's WWE Monday Night Raw. He is expected to be returning shortly, possibly as soon as tonight. Given that Johnny Gargano has teased another member of his family popping up sometime soon, it stands to reason Ciampa will reunite with Gargano and the rest of the way. Ciampa underwent hip surgery back in October of 2022 and has been working towards a return ever since. There we go. We could be getting DIY reunited tonight. Now, also speaking of tonight's Monday Night Raw, we do know that two Money in the Bank qualifying matches are set for the show, and we may know who will be in those matches. According to Boozer666 on Twitter, they do state that one Money in the Bank qualifying match could see Ricochet battling The Miz, and the other could see Bronson Reed battling Shinsuke Nakamura. Now, as far as women's qualifying matches, matches for Raw for the women's match will happen next week, according to Boozer. So we may not get any women's qualifying matches tonight. We could, but those may be coming next week. They stated that one could be Becky Lynch and Chelsea Green. Another could be Natalia and Sonya Deville. But with that, guys, that is going to wrap everything up. The wrestling wrap-up. No preview for tonight's Monday Night Raw because WWE hasn't officially announced anything other than stating Money in the Bank qualifying matches will kick off tonight. They didn't state who. Boozer said who may be in those, and so we'll have to wait and see. But let me just double-check before we, we end this. Go to WWE's Twitter and WWE's website to see if they've announced anything for tonight's Raw or not. I don't believe they have. Let's go. What? Nope. WWE.com. Uh, homepage is all NXT stuff. And then we go to the Raw page. Come on. Raw page load. Nothing on the website. And 
Everything on WWE's Twitter is all NXT. Nope, that's because I'm on the NXT page. Here we go, here we go. Oh, 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 I think I see something. That's right. Okay, I'm wrong. There have been uh, something announced for tonight's show. The four-way for the vacant women's tag titles are tonight. I forgot about that. It's going to be... Joe Rodriguez and Shotzi, Bailey and EO Sky, Chelsea Green, and Sonya Deville, Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler. The winning team becomes the new women's tag team champions. And then we've got qualifying matches. W states, Money in the Bank qualifying matches are set to begin. Who do you want to see in this year's Money in the Bank ladder matches? And they show a men's and a woman's briefcase on the, the graphic. So I assume it's going to be one and one, maybe. That's not what Boozer said, but we'll have to wait and see. With that, guys, that is going to wrap everything up. I want to say thank you for joining me here. Twitch.tv forward slash PW Unlimited. YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited. And podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. Remember, we will be back live here tonight, following Monday Night Raw, as WWE now builds towards money in the bank. With that, guys, have a great rest of your day. Have a great Memorial Day, and we'll see you next time. Have a good one, guys.